1 Thessalonians 5, starting in verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. This is God's word. And this final section of Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, he really just kind of gives us, and I'm going to give you like four just big ideas here. Number one, in light of this passage, Paul's instructing the believers to encourage one another. To encourage one another. And specifically, in verses 12 to 13, encourage those who are teaching the word to you those who labor among you and are over you by the authority of God's word to teach you God's word. Number two, be patient with one another. Be patient with one another. Meet people where they're at and long suffer with them in their spiritual growth. One of my favorite texts, if someone says, what's your view on discipleship? I love that question. I go, a lot of patience. You know, you can talk about classes, you can talk about conferences, you can talk about books and yada, 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 and those are all great. But what I have learned over time, it's it's like raising a family. You can have all the greatest ideas in the world, but you don't raise a family in a weekend. You don't learn marriage in one talk. It is a journey. It is a pilgrimage. And discipleship requires Patience. Did you notice there in verse 14? And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. And then he says, be patient with them what? All. No matter where people are at, be patient with them all. Number three, pursue friendships with one another. Pursue friendships with one another. Pursue relationships that are motivated by love and marked by holiness. You see there in verse 15, I love just the the obvious plainness of it. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. As you kind of look at that section, all those kind of like rocket fire text, they're really admonitions for us to love one another, to pray for one another, and to give thanks to God in all circumstances. And then number four, this is probably my favorite of this section, God is faithful. 
And all the things that I just said, all these one another's, encourage one another, be patient with one another, pursue friendships with one another. God is faithful. He uses these ordinary, messy, super difficult ways to measure any form of success and growth in the Christian life. He uses these things, patience, encouragement, as a means of grace to make his church beautiful. This is it. Encourage those who teach you the word. Pray for them. Pursue one another with friendships. Be patient with one another. And Paul says, God is faithful. He will make us, through these means, exactly what he wants us to be. So here we are. December 2021. Today marks 15 months, almost exactly, tomorrow technically, since our church covenanted right here as a local congregation, September 20th, 2020. Today also marks two years exactly that Julie and I and our three kids were in our black Honda Pilot. After a very long drive from the East Coast, we made it here to Fort Smith, Arkansas and this community became our home. We have so much to be thankful for. Uh, Julie and I truly do feel like this is home for us. Of course, we want to always keep our hands open like every Christian should. We don't know what the future holds. It's presumptuous and arrogant to think we know what tomorrow holds. But we don't have a plan B. We don't have any kind of fallback plan. It's here or heaven, as far as I know. Um, and, And we mean that. And we're thankful that though our spiritual family was a little confusing the first four months, um, I, think, I think we know who we love and are committed to and are glad to be members of CCBC with you. Uh, as we end this calendar year and we look forward to what Lord may have in 2022, I just wanted to take a few minutes here to get our minds ready. I think communication is is necessary for any relationships to kind of go to the next level, if you, are, if you will. Uh, so just some high points. As of today, if you get a membership directory, you'll see it right there. Uh, we still currently have 101 members recorded in our membership. Those numbers obviously change. Different members meetings will happen. But at least as of today, we have 101 people uh, in our membership. Today we have three elders besides myself that are serving as under-shepherds here at Christ Church. Uh, We're also in the middle of negotiating different options for what the Lord would have for us in a meeting space, uh, this one currently, and the adjacent property right here next to us. Uh, We're currently hoping and praying that the Lord would grant us favor in those ways and the possibility of using all the rooms upstairs. So one got basically cleared out today. Hopefully we're gonna be able to use some of that extra space for more classroom teaching. Uh, But if the Lord grants us favor to have that side of the building, it will open up opportunities to have more office spaces. I could have a permanent space here at the church building. Give someone for Jansen to like throw an airplane at or something. Um, but, But seriously, that's our hope and our prayer Uh, unless the Lord has different plans. So if the Lord grants us more space, we're going to have more needs. 
And so I just want to get you thinking about we're going to have needs with painting. Now I don't mean like finger painting, but painting walls, uh, moving furniture, electrician, plumber, HVAC, carpet cleaning, decorating, roofer. Now you don't have to get on the roof and do it. We just need to find subcontractors if, if that's needed. Organizing office spaces and classrooms. Again, of course, if you just know the right people, you can suggest to the elders all those type of things and more. Those are coming down the pipeline of opportunities for expansion and growth, but more needs will be made available to us, and I want the body to know those are some things that we're probably going to need in the months ahead. Um, With all that said, I want to give you a visual tonight. So this is like the closest to an R.C. Sproul impression I'll ever be able to give (laughs) But no chalkboard, and I'm not nearly as smart, and I don't have a tie on. Um, So it is, you know, if Jackson learned anything in the internship, where's Jackson? I am like dizzy. There you are. Um, Pastoral ministry in some ways is clear. You preach, you pray, and you basically do that until Jesus tells you to come home. And there's a lot of things in between, but that's really what you're doing. But in church life, whether you're a pastor or a member of a church, Uh, not everyone's in the same place. Some people love their church. Ooh, CCBC is the best thing since sliced bread. Then there's others who go, no, it's okay. You know, it's the best option I got. And then others are like, eh, starting to look at other opportunities. Every church has pockets of their congregation at different places in their commitment, in their love, and their involvement in the life of a church. And so I just like to take my brain and let you see a picture of it and how I view ways, that doesn't work. (laughs) Slick. All right, let's see if this works. All right, we'll see if that works. That's pretty bad too. Let's see if this one works. All right, ooh, ah, okay. All right, this gigantic circle, sort of, um, is the body of the church, the life of the church. Just not like a human body, just circle, okay? I'm gonna put over here visitors. Ah, I can't do that. Uh, Non-members, okay. Uh, They're on the outside. That doesn't mean we don't love them. That doesn't mean we don't care for them. That doesn't mean they can't ever be in the church. But in the reality is, when people gather with us on Sunday, there are going to be people come in our gatherings that are not members. They're not covenant members. They have not been voted in. They have not committed to our statement of faith and church covenant. They're they're visitors. They're members. That's why they're there. And I'm going to put them kind of out here. Okay? Just give a few more dots. Because we have a few more visitors than that. You like this, don't you? All right. Just letting you know how I think. All right, so in the life of the body, we've got visitors who gather with us. You know them. They visit our church. They try to get to know our members. They're listening to the teaching. But they're still on the outside. But then we have members. And in the life of any church, you can obviously do this a little different. There's typically three rings 
are three kind of places where people will find themselves at at any given moment in the life of a church. So there's the first one, the outer ring. I'm going to put members in green here. Members of CCBC. All right. You're going to have members in the body. They kind of live out here on the outer ring. You might call the fringe. You might say the bleachers or the deep outfield. They're in the body, but they just kind of stay on the outside. These are members who tend to stay on the fringe. They could be shy. Uh, Big crowds and meeting new people could be super difficult for them. They might have unusually busy life schedules. Uh, We're getting together with members throughout the week is super hard. Uh, Sundays are basically it for them. Uh, But with these folks, uh, I have found over time, if someone joins the church, but they don't ever have any what I call connecting points. They don't really have a member in the church they're friends with. They meet up with regularly or know what's going on in their life. Or they don't have a relationship with an elder. Or they don't really have any involvement in any service teams or Bible studies. What I have found over time is that these folks here will go closer to the edge. And usually something happens on whether or not they're going to stay in the church. Either members of the church recognize they're on the fringe and they pursue them. They reach out to them. They enfold them in their relationships. But what typically happens is, even if you've got good preaching, even if you've got a phenomenal expositor, good preaching draws people. But deep, meaningful friendships keep people. Let me say that again. Good preaching will draw people. But deep, meaningful friendships will keep people. And so what I have found is over time, not just at CCBC, but other churches, there are going to be people that feel like they're on the fringe for a variety of reasons, and sometimes they stick around, sometimes they don't. The second group is this second tier, okay? These folks are kind of in this inner ring. Uh, They are members who have friendships, and they feel like they belong to the church. However, they feel somewhat stuck. They want to be more involved and serve, but they don't know what to do. Who to talk to, where to go. They aren't thinking of leaving, and they're largely content, but they simply need more guidance. So they don't want to go out here, but they're not really sure how to get past this and get here. They're just kind of stuck. They don't know what to do. And then there's what I call the magnetic middle. This is basically where we want all our members at some point. These members are deeply committed to the body. They know others. They grow deep with others. They're serving. They're making themselves available to others. These members aren't perfect. They're not sinless. It's not a clique. It's not the favorites in the church. It's not the popular in the church. But these are members who are making disciples and they're being discipled. 
They're serving others, and they're investing in the life of the church. And friends, this is exactly where we want to patiently, prayerfully move people to that magnetic middle. Even visitors. We don't want visitors to stay comfortable as visitors. I like making visitors feel uncomfortable in case you haven't been around me long enough. I like to pay attention after about three or four months. If I notice there's no kind of push here, here's the sheepfold. I'm one of the under shepherds. There needs to come a place where either you come in, what is this? This is madness, all right? You either come in to the sheepfold. This is called the membership process, by the way, the membership classes. Come into the fold and hang out with the sheep. But you need to get off our yard if you're not willing to come in, because sooner or later, mom and dad's got to shut the door. We got to have dinner time. The point is, this is spiritually dangerous. This is a part of the ridiculous problem we have in America of church hopping, consumerism, individualism. Me and Jesus and my podcast got my own thing going. And that ain't the church. I want to be obnoxious to people who think we're just a spiritual buffet. You can take it or leave it. I want to encourage people to join and belong or find a church they can. So be kind, be friendly. But we want people to move towards that magnetic middle. That's, that's the goal. So you might be saying, well, Blake... Your drawing stinks. Do you have any better ideas? How do we get people then from the fringe and from this inner circle to that magnetic middle? I mean, this isn't a factory. You don't just put someone on a conveyor belt and just say, you know, good luck. Well, remember those exhortations from earlier? First Thessalonians 5, encourage one another. Sometimes people hang out here because they're discouraged. They believe things that just aren't true. They aren't lovely, they aren't commendable, and they just need someone to speak encouragement. Be patient. Folks, we all start out there. (laughs) When you weren't a Christian, or you were a nominal Christian, or you were a baby Christian, or you were a church-hopping Christian, we all, including this guy, have been there. But more than likely, probably somebody pursued you. Somebody loved you. Somebody called you. Somebody showed you how to get more involved in the life of the church. Number three, pursue friendships with one another. Again, all of us are so different. We don't want cliques. We don't, there's no favorites here. We're all sinners. Let's get over ourselves as chance and pray. We're all prideful at heart, and let's just smash the pride together as gospel-loving sinners. And we want to push people to where they're going to grow in that magnetic middle. And guys, number four, God's faithful. God knows what he's doing. If you're in this church, it's by his design. It's his church, it's his members, it's his ministry. And so what we want to do is pray and God will be faithful to do the rest. So here's some practical things to think about. Number one, if you are taking notes, these might be useful to remember. The ministry of presence. The ministry of presence. The ministry of presence is more valuable to this body than you might think. Just showing up, Jack, you just finished your first semester in college. 
showing up is half the battle, isn't it? I'm sure after like three weeks, you saw people drop classes and didn't show up. Well, they're probably going home. (laughs) Church is like that. No one can know you if you're not here. No one can know you if you're out the door before we've even said the benediction. Showing up, being available, Sunday morning, Sunday night, weekly Bible studies, members meetings, fellowship times, these are all ways just to be available, the ministry of presence. Hebrews tells us, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So friends, I want to challenge each one of us, including me, get a membership directory. Jansen's going to print out some. Saturday night and Sunday morning, open this thing up. Before you get in your car, or if you're Ashley and Michael, before you walk here, I'm going to pick out five people. I'm going to pray for five people, and I'm going to go up to those five people and greet them and say, I've been praying for you this week. How can we get to know one another better this week? How can y'all come over? Make it a goal. Even if five's too much, two. (laughs) Go for two. But before you come, the only way you're going to stir up one another to love and good deeds is you got to be thinking about them in advance. Thinking proactively of how to get to know and encourage others. Friends, show up to the service 15 or 20 minutes beforehand. Linger 15, 20 minutes afterwards. If you got to go, that's fine. But think of ways you can connect with those people you've been praying for later that week. The ministry of presence, it starts there. Number two, sit and receive. Sit and receive. You can't pour out when you're empty. So one of the things I've deliberately done this past year is I had about 10 to 11 Sundays I did not preach. That is super intentional. Because I need to be fed the word of God just like you. Pastors who cannot ever sit and listen to another man teach is spiritually dangerous. There is no man on planet earth whose voice trumps everyone else's voices. I don't care how good of a preacher they are. I need to be fed. I need to be challenged. I need to be encouraged. And I want to see other gifts raised up in this church way beyond myself. I want to see this more and more in all our ministries. If you've been leading in a lot of capacities, there might be good to take a break for a time or two or for a season so that you can sit and receive. Kind of the Martha, Martha passage would be useful for a lot of us. Martha, Martha, why are you so anxious and troubled? So many things. Mary has chosen the good portion. What is she doing? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Number three, look for needs and serve. Look for needs and serve. You get the most out of your local church by giving to it, not taking from it. You get the most out of your local church by giving to it, not taking from it. Brothers and sisters, it's not a matter of whether we have needs here. We've got plenty of them. It's not even a matter, though, of our giftings. It's really a matter of humility, flexibility, and availability. Uh, A dear country pastor that's uh, retired, Susan, you might like this because you're asking where my country accent go. Here it is. This is Pastor Charlie. Brother Blake, 
the Lord has never lacked giving me an opportunity to serve him. I'll never forget he told me that. I've never lacked an opportunity to serve him. Friends, there are so many ways that you can serve his body, and they might not be your first choice or your second, but look for needs, and the Lord will make them more known to you. And if you don't know what they are, come to the elders. Come to one of us. We will give you some ways that we've been thinking through that next year we're going to have needs that need to be met. Here at CCBC, some practical ways you can join a service team. We've got eight or nine of them. These are basically deacon-like ministries. Hospitality, you've heard that tonight. Use your breakfast, lunch, dinners, your home, maybe a big space in your own home. Maybe you're like, well, I'm not the most like bubbly, outgoing person, but I got a big space. I got a massive yard. I can throw on a bonfire. We can roast some marshmallows. We can have a bunch of people over and I'll just hang out in the shadows. If that's what you want to offer, praise be to God. But think of ways to leverage whatever God's given you to welcome people into your life. And then lastly, local community outreach. John mentioned one tonight. Thinking of ways that members can team up together on your own initiative to serve in the life of this community as believers. And at the end of the day, like I said, contact one of the elders. We would love to hear who's available, what you would like to do, and we'll think through with you what needs we have. Lastly, number four, pray for your church. Pray for your church. To love your church, it will always begin by praying for your church. I know this is countercultural to some of us who've grown up in church our whole life. You should never think about giving to this church, serving in this church, leading in any capacity in this church, if you first aren't praying for this church. Prayer warms our heart to the people that we're serving. Prayer checks our motives at the door for why we are serving. It's one thing to be a pastor and preach to a sea of people that you don't know. There's a whole other thing to be in the trenches with those people and preaching God's word to them. Friends, that, that can only happen when the Spirit of God warms your heart to individual people with real names and real lives, and they're right in front of you. So before you think about serving, before you think about giving, Pray for the church. So friends, tonight, think about this terrible diagram. But think about the principle. All of us find ourselves somewhere in here. If you're a member, you're already in this thing here. But this morning we did talk about spiritual warfare. Let me tell you where the enemy likes to pick people off. Right here. Right here. Loneliness, discouragement, I don't feel like I belong, no one needs me, my gifts don't matter, I'm not in the in crowd, I've heard it all. Some of it's half true, most of it is not. And so we want to care about every member of the body, no matter where they're at. We want to pursue them, be patient with them, encourage them, and realize that God is faithful. He is making us more like his son. We want to move people from being once a week church attenders to seven days a week Christ followers. That's our hope. That's our goal. 
And this is one encouragement of how we can think about this moving forward together as a church. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would take what we have thought about tonight, the testimonies, the ways people are serving. Lord, we pray that you would even use tonight as we think about where we're at on the grid, if you will. Where are we at in the life of the body? Lord, teach us how to move closer to that magnetic metal where we are knowing one another and being known by others. Lord, I pray that it would start with prayer. Lord, I do pray that you would continue to show us that service comes before gifts. Lord, I also pray that we would seek out those dear brothers and sisters who might be on the fringe tonight uh, for whatever reason and wherever they're at. Lord, I pray that we would think well about them. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be a part of your church. Lord, we do pray that you would prevent us from hurting your church, misleading any sheep in your church, and we pray that you would make your church exactly what your word calls us to be. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.